On this show, we cover the biggest news stories, give our fact-based opinions, and we also interview many great people from all over the fruited plains. These are the stories and experiences that make up the fabric of this great country. This isn't just any show. This is the Matt and Chan Show. All right, guys, welcome back to the Matt and Chan Show. We have special guest Stephen Davis from Lucerne, California. How you doing? Doing fantastic. I can't complain. Life is fantastic. Oh, yeah, yes, I can agree with that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's great to have you on the show. I know you, I think you are our biggest guest so far. So it's just, I was just grateful for the opportunity to have the interview to have you on. It's, it's such a, such a, I'm so grateful for it. Oh man, it's my pleasure. I, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate y'all. Yeah. I really do. And I think Matt was referring to not only the, uh, the number of followers you have, but also like the size of your biceps. So, uh, uh definitely <laughs> we appreciate you coming on. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm not there oh, yet. No, that's awesome. I'm, that's not, awesome. <laughs> I'm not there yet. Yeah, what is it? What is it? 24 inches, right? Is what I've heard. 24, yes, sir. Yes, oh, sir. Man. Oh, they got to grow a little bit bigger, just a little bit bigger. I just want them a little bit bigger, man. Oh, ah. man, respect. That's what, that's what oh, we aspire to. Respect. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> Yep, I should pull up the picture from uh, from Phoenix, and I was like, man, I was like, hey, <laughs> right? I'm like, right? I got some work to do, <laughs> man. We're all on our journey, and that's all that matters, you know. We we get to where we can get, we do as much as we can do, and and try to build as much as we can build, and that's all we can really do. Amen, yeah. amen. So, Stephen, and a lot of people know you as MAGA Hulk. That's like the personality showing up at Trump rallies, rocking the MAGA hat, as we see. Um, so, tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about this journey, and um, yeah, this new this new stardom, especially uh, among Trump supporters and conservatives alike. Uh, and yeah, a little bit about yourself. The floor is open. Absolutely. Yeah, well, you know, I'm Stephen Davis. You know, as y'all know, um, uh, aka MAGA Hulk. Um, I'm just, uh, I'm a 36 year old, uh, uh, you know, African American man and, uh, uh, definitely a Trump supporter, definitely a Trump supporter. Wasn't always a Trump supporter though. You know, that's the thing. It's one of those situations where you finally get to wake up. You finally wake up. You finally understand a little bit about what's going on in the, in the current culture and what's going on in the news, what's going on in the media. And it was a, it was a bit of a journey for me, um, it was one of those situations where uh, I remember Trump uh, back in the 90s and the 2000s, right? Yep. And everyone loved the man. Everyone <laughs> loved... Come on, now, everyone Everybody. loved the man. Everybody. They couldn't get enough. They could not get enough of the man. This man was... a. Uh, uh, um, I mean, in the 90s, I mean, rappers made songs dedicated yep. to Donald Trump. Mac Miller. He was the American. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> now, I mean, you know what's going on. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, a situ- so. it's a situation where, I mean, I remember in the 2000s, because I was big in the WWE at that time, in the 2000s, and I remember he came out and uh, um, I can't remember which match it was, but he was against, he, he was beating on Vince McMahon and the crowd went crazy. The crowd couldn't get enough of it. Black people, white people, Latino, Asian, all went crazy cheering their heads off for this man. And no one 
no one considered him this racist. No one looked at him and, and, and casted any uh, disparaging remarks until he ran as a Republican, no. came down those escal that, that escalator, and all of a sudden, this 180 turn the media did, and now all of a sudden he's worse than Hitler. He's uh, the worst thing for the United States of America. I didn't understand this narrative switch. I didn't understand it. I kind of bought into it. I bought into it a little bit because when you're inundated with a bunch of uh, propagandized uh, uh, messaging, yep. you're like, well, there has to be, when you don't know any better, I should say, when you don't know any better, you tend to think there has to be some type of uh, truth to this. There ha that, this has to be true. The media saying it, it has to be true. Exactly. And then you wake up and you, you know, I know for me, like I said, I did some critical thinking. I did some research. I was like, you know what? There's something wrong with this narrative. There's something wrong with this narrative. Everyone loved him. Now they hate him. It's a, it was like a, a, a immediate switch. I need to find out what's going on. So I can, if, if, and if I find out he's this bitter racist, if I find out he's this horrible person, and I, I can find out these, these quote unquote facts I can beat down Trump supporters with. I'll have, I'll be armed with facts. I'll be armed with information. Mm -hmm. Come to find out, I was, I was, I, I found out facts, but it was to the contrary of the of the narrative. And now I'm a diehard Trump supporter. Mm. You know, Amen. That, that simple. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, sir. In, in, <laughs> so, that, in that, so what are some like? The, oh, oh, sorry, sorry, Matt. You're good, Chandler. Hit it. Uh, what are some like the main reasons why you do support President Trump? Why do you wear the MAGA gear? Uh, like that's a pretty big shift to go from like not really supporting him, thinking maybe he's a racist, to uh, to like full blown support, having a big personality to uh, to speak out on that. Uh, what are the reasons why? Um, I, I would have to say one of the the main. I, I mean, at this time, one of the main reasons why I'm a pro, I'm so pro Trump is because he's so pro life. That is a huge deal for me. That's a huge, huge, huge deal for me. You know, especially when it comes to being a Christian, you know what I'm saying? You, you kind of look at the abortion slash pro-life debate, and you're like, how can anyone want to murder? I mean, even, okay, let's just take out the, 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 the religious aspect. Yep. Just on a common sense level, you can't, to advocate for the murder, the whole-scale slaughter of children, that's the most sickest most uh, uh, almost indefensible uh, uh, sides that you can possibly take no. to sit here and say that this person who's clearly a person is not a person or I don't care that it's a person and I'm going to go ahead and advocate for the, the uh, murder of this person. You know, it, it, you, you, I, I've been trying to intellectualize with a lot of um, pro-abortions, pro-abortion, pro-murder uh, advocates and their 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 logic is so skewed it's unbelievable listening to their reasoning uh the way they they denigrate uh, uh babies and i'm like if i have to explain to people why murdering children is wrong that in and of itself the fact that i gotta explain to you why murdering babies is wrong in so much that my current stance 
on on the pro-life movement and, and the, the, the pro-life being pro-life, I'm in the minority of a lot of these, you know, screaming leftists. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. I'm 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 in the minority of people like they look at me like there's something wrong with me. Yeah. You know, it's unbelievable the world how far we have fallen as a world. So that's one of the main reasons why I support Trump. Also because of immigration. He's a uh he's an America first type of person. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He leads thinking about America, the American citizens first and foremost. I can get behind that. I can respect that. Three, the economy. The economy has boomed and given a, a lot of privileges to uh, uh, minorities, blacks, lowest black unemployment, lowest uh, Hispanic, uh, across the board. You women. won't hear it. You won't hear it. The media. You, not at all. <laughs> exactly. Not at all. Now, now, you'll hear it when it comes to Obama trying to take credit yep. for it, for his economy, for uh, Trump's hard work and dedication to putting uh, funneling money into America and building up businesses within America and building up opportunities for people like me in America. But you won't hear the media give him any credit. Well, I know Joe Biden is trending in the polls that he's going to do better on the economy than Donald Trump by almost like the margins that like Fox polls. I've I've seen it. Chris Wallace is trying to one up Trump in that one on one interview this last week. And I was just and they say Joe Biden, whose track record, the 42 years in politics is supposed to stack up against three years of Donald Trump. And you just listed all those accomplishments right there. And again, <laughs> like what? What have you been doing, Joe, for 40 years? Um, and they expect uh him to one up Donald Trump in this election and all the polls, you see it <laughs> and like eight yeah. to 14 points that he's that Trump is down and uh, quite remarkable, even though he listed off those accomplishments. But I don't know if you had any more to talk on why you support the president. Um, and there's a lot of stuff we can get to a lot of in the news and stuff uh, with BLM yeah. and the protest. Uh, oh goodness. Portland, 57 days letters. now, 57 days, Portland. Mm. Um, the backlash yep. of uh, sending in federal troops. Um, I don't know what your thoughts on the BLM movement. I've seen videos. I've seen you work with Prager. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh, noise around it and uh, and a lot of people out there protesting. But um, as we've seen is there's there's no uh, facts and evidence with this. It's a lot of it's emotional based. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, the BLM movement? What's been occurring in the country for the last month or so? Right. Uh, well, BLM... Uh, I have nothing good to say when it comes to BLM. Nothing at all. Okay, I cannot stand BLM. I cannot stand what they... I, 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 I hate what they stand for. I hate what they advocate. You know, I go a lot. I go to a lot of these rallies, you know, here in California, no. which is always interesting because, you know, here in California, it's a blue state, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I still rock the MAGA. You know what I'm saying? I still rock the MAGA. And I go to these rallies, and I have my big old Trump flag and American flag, and uh, I talk to these individuals, and they're just so they're so wound up because of the the media lies and manipulations that's been put upon them. So now they're just so wound up in this in this weird frame of mind, thinking that the police is out to get them. Like that tweet that uh, uh, LeBron James put out. Yep. You know, that every time we step out, the, every time a black man, a black person steps out the door, they're being hunted. Hunted. That type of inflammatory rhetoric is not beneficial to to Americans. It's not going to be beneficial to the, uh, the American people. So 
when it comes to BLM, I mean, we all know that they're Marxists. We all know that they have different agendas aside from, quote-unquote, Black Lives Mattering. But when it comes to Black Lives Mattering, of course, they don't care about – they're very specific. They're laser-focused, laser-focused when it comes to police brutality. Mm-hmm. Never mind the stats and the fact that, the, you know, only nine people were uh, – unarmed black people were uh, – killed by the Washington Post study, right? And now they've, I think they've even up to 15 and a lot of it's even questionable in a lot of regards as well. Right, um, right. I feel, yeah, with the Washington Post that there was 15. Um, But, I mean, you think about it, I'm a a 335-pound man. Although I may be unarmed. (laughs) 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 You know, if I come at a police officer who's uh, 150 pounds, 200 pounds even, I'm still a huge threat. But just because I'm unarmed doesn't mean I'm not a threat. So people don't even look at that aspect of it. So there's not enough people to be considered. And there's what? There's about 42, 45 million black people in America. Mm-hmm. So you take 9 to 15, you know, depending on what, what you go with, uh, and against 42 to 45 million, I'm sorry, we're not being hunted. And if they're trying to hunt if they're trying to hunt people like me, I'm a big target. It's hard. It's it's hard to miss me. So I mean, this narrative that's being pushed is absolutely ridiculous. Also, when it comes to you know uh, Black Lives Matter, if Black Lives Matter, why we talk about the black on black crime, which is at exorbitant rates? Let's talk about uh, uh, the babies in New York that more being aborted than being birthed. Let's talk about let's talk. If we want to talk about Black Lives Matter, then let's talk about the entirety of it. As Don Lemon said when he was talking to Terry Crews, um, oh, it's not about all black lives. Yeah. He's built the beans himself. Yeah. It's not all. It's not about all black lives. Mm. It's about specific sets of black lives, a specific kind of black lives. If they get the attention, they get the notoriety, they get the the spotlight put on them. But when it comes to the rest of us, unless we fit the narrative, we're of no use. And if you're a black I conservative, it's it's your you're ignored, and like you said, they ignore the 400,000 abortions that happen every year, and and we've seen it, and they just continue to ignore it, and they try to, like you said, they're laser, they're laser focused on police brutality, and you said it right there, that with the population and and the numbers, and and it's, uh, and they go, oh well, it's not the population, but then you got to look at how many how many are repeat offenders, and you got to look at there's a lot more, like you said, and especially unarmed, like you said. There's, there's a lot of these things they don't take into consideration. And I think the Democrats and the left are so excellent. Their marketing and the way they can and go about and Black Lives Matter. And Candace Owens has even come out. She said every four years, every four years. And then what happens? There's no results. There's nothing. Um, no. And, and Donald Trump said to the black community, what do you have to lose? And as you saw in Phoenix, uh, Nia went up there and she talked about it. Well, there's something to lose now with uh, this, this November. Yeah. So and, and, right. and there's a lot of things. And. And like we've seen, everything is stacked up against Donald Trump. But I think, like we saw in 2016, they're already they're already counting the chickens before they hatch. They're ready to they're they're ready to declare victory at this point, as we've seen in the polls. People are, <laughs> um, and so going into that with Trump, uh, so they just canceled the RNC. Um, you know Donald Trump. You said 90s Donald Trump, 2000s Donald Trump. Everybody loved the man. He's a showman. You got The Apprentice. Um, you saw what he's done at the State of the Union. He brings energy. He brings all these. He brings people in to hear stories from the American people. America first. Um, the Fourth of July celebrations he's had during his first few years in office. Um, so with the RNC, 
we have to get creative a little bit. And I just want to ask you, if you were the architect for the RNC, and I don't know if you'd be willing to be involved in that, but if you were going to plan the RNC, some maybe like 50 states, and maybe have a MAGA meetup in every state, what would you do to like, like get the energy flowing? Like, What would be your ideal RNC, even if we weren't able to meet up, say, in Jacksonville and North Carolina and where they've talked about? What, what would you envision if you had the ability to, to plan out the RNC? Maybe Trump will listen to this and get some ideas. <laughs> so, um, hmm. I mean, it's. I mean, for for me, I mean, I wouldn't have. Uh, me personally, I wouldn't have canceled anything. You no. know, and because we all know that when it comes to Trump, he's electrifying, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. People want to come. It will come from all over to listen to him speak. They'll listen to you know when it comes to these rallies, these different. Uh, um, uh, events that we have, we can't get enough. We can't get enough of, of, of representation out there. So I would definitely say when it comes to that sort of thing, we need more, in my opinion, we need more black voices out there. Mm. We really do. We need a whole lot more black voices out there. We need, um, that's why it's like, for, it, it's important for me to get out there to these rallies, to show my face, to let it, know, let it be known, because there's a certain narrative. Yep. There is a certain specific narrative out there that says that if you black, you are Democrat, plain Biden. and simple, and that everyone on the Republican part of the side, uh, part of the aisle, they're all racist, they're all white supremacists, right? Yep. So it's important for more black faces, more black voices to, be, to stand out and be counted. So I would love to see some more of that, mm. you know what I'm saying? I think we need to destroy and bust that narrative wide open. Because if the Democrat Party loses the black vote, they are done. They are toast. So if we show more representation on our side of the aisle of of, of, uh, black voices, black faces, to show that, hey, that narrative of default Democrats, that narrative of black equals Democrats, that's not true. Look at me. And I've been seeing so many black people waking up, waking up and, and I get them in my inbox asking me questions like, you know, how is it that you can get out there with the MAGA hat and all that? Because they're, they're a Trump supporter and they, you know, a closeted Trump supporter. They want to be able to get out there. They want to uh, uh, be bold and everything like that. So what does it take and all that type of stuff? So uh, we're there, but we just need more black voices up there to make it, let it be known that we are out here. Right. Yep. And at these these different events, we need more black speakers, We need more black people out there representing. And if we can have some more rep- black representation, more uh, prominent black leaders, you know, the Larry Elders, Candace Owens, you know, uh, get those voices, <clears throat> make those voices mainstream on a consistent basis. I think that'll do wonders, you know, for the uh, Republican Party. I think I hey, agree with I that. That's a quick follow-up question sort of related to that you know like everything's being labeled as racist recently like like seems like literally everything uh but would you say that there is a bit of a, a underlying racism to the narrative that if you're black you have to vote democrat or or would you say that's just more of a uh, a misconception or, or a bit of ignorance there would, would you say that that's some some evidence of some lingering racism in america coming from the democrats Oh, 100%. I mean, we all know that the Democrat Party is the party of racism, yep. first and foremost. I mean, the party of Jim Crow, slavery, segregation, KKK, 
you know, they, they push all that welfare reform that destroyed the black family. Great you understand? Society, and yeah. even now to this day, they're, all they do is put forth racist uh, ideologies. Uh, it's funny because, you know, it's, it's, it's like it's going back to segregationism. But it's by the woke mob. You know what I'm saying? It's unbelievable yeah. how it, 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 it's there's no difference. There's no difference between what's going on now and what's going on then, other than the fact that it's it's more acceptable at this point uh, uh, within the Democratic Party to be uh, racist against, especially within the, the BLM movement. They are very racist against white. Very there's a there's a notion of of just. Uh, anti-white sentiments that's being propagated by the Democrat part, right? So it's still the same racism. And then when it comes to blacks, it's like you know, the soft bigotry of low expectations, right? No. Uh, that's typically, I mean, from all from from out and out racism to the soft bigotry of low expectations and everything in between is definitely on the Democrat side of the aisle. And just there's no getting away with that. There's no getting around that. I mean, when people look at me and say because of my skin color. Because of my skin yes. color, I must think a certain way. I must act a certain way. I must do a certain thing. That is the very essence of that. That goes against exactly the opposite of what Martin Luther King said. I want people to be judged by their content of character, Amen. not according to the color of their skin. Yep. And yet, and still, the Democrat Party does the exact opposite of that. It say, based on the color of your skin, you are to act a certain as Joe Biden eloquently put it, that if you don't know whether you're voting for me or Trump, then you ain't black. It, it, That's the Democrat Party for you. Yep. Lord have mercy. <laughs> yep. Yeah, well said, well said. Yep, well said. Yeah, no, that's uh, the biggest misconception now, and I think the Democrats, like you said, if there anything I give them, the, the marketing and the way they've been able to see the Great Society Act, getting people hooked on welfare, the low motivation to exceed um, and the destruction of the policies that we've seen in Democrat cities. It's its there. It's evident. Yeah. But they continue to run every four years. Oh, we're going to help the black community. We're going to do this and that. We're going to give some. It's socialism is what they eventually want. They're not even, they're not hiding. They're not hiding anymore, as no. we've seen. Um, and we've seen BLM, a Marxist movement. They just want, they just want to uproot anything that's America and, and go a whole different direction. And we've seen it. So on a lighter note, we wanted to do a quick fire question segment before we kind of close up. We got a few more questions on the back end. Um, so sure. when you got these 24-inch biceps, what's what's the go-to track? What's what's the gym tracks that? What are some of the? What's your like favorite track? You got one right now that you're listening to at all? Um, I, see, here's the thing. I I have a, a, a wide variety of music that I listen to. A lot of uh, Christian rap. You know what I'm okay, saying? Sweet. So. I listen to a lot of KB, a lot of mm. uh, Dayton, you know what I'm saying? Um, but when it, a lot of times when it comes to the gym, I get more into the soundtracks, Ooh. right? To like video game soundtracks or dubstep or it. things of that nature. And that gets me pumped. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So yeah, I DJ. So I'm like, whatever that next track is, I'm going to be listening at the gym. I've it's man. I love the soundtrack. I love you're just, you're getting that lift in. And, and I've heard, I think on other interviews, uh, that you work out two hours. That's uh something that you do, um, each day, I believe. Oh, yeah. Right. So two hours is the key oh, yeah. is the key to getting the 24 inch biceps. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm working. I'm working, man. I'm working. No. <laughs> you got it, bro. I'm working. 
Uh, I'm not even sighing. I'm not even sighing. Oh, come on. Hey, no hate, no shame, brother. No hate, no shame. You all right. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I'm a runner, so that's that's where I spend my time. But, uh, so, moving on, moving on, next quick fire question. What's your biggest pet peeve? And maybe, like, like maybe not like a political thing, but like just like a day-to-day life thing. A day-to-day uh, uh, pet peeve has to definitely be whiners. Mm. I can't stand whiners. Oh. I can't. It just irks me. Why, like whining and complaining, the, the combination thereof, it just irks me. I don't want to hear you complain on a consistent basis. I had a buddy I used to work work out with, and he would always complain about his muscles. Now, he didn't work out that much. He worked out very sporadically. But when he did work out, he was all, ah, ooh, ah, oh, oh. I'm like, stop it. Stop it. Oh, my muscles hurt. Oh, I'm so, it's just, it's just so, t- I don't want to hear that. Goodness gracious. Man up. I love it. <laughs> we know everybody. Oh, love it. Right? We, we know everybody. We got everybody like that. So, yeah, we see it. <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Awesome. So, next one we got is your favorite movie ever. Favorite movie ever has to be Saving Prime, right? Love that one. That's a good Definitely. one right there. That's it's, a, it's, it's just so gritty. Mm. I mean, you, you have movies like that where it stands the test of time. That, you know, even Terminator 2 is another movie, another great movie that stands the test of time. The graphics, the, the storyline, the plot, all that sort of thing. But when it comes to Saving Prime Ryan, it's just so gritty. And I love war. I love World War II, especially. So that is just a, that's a beautiful movie right there. Yes, indeed. Sweet. Yeah, that's one of my favorites as well. Yeah, I was watching that a few weeks ago. Excellent, excellent masterpiece. All right, Chandler, hit him with the next question. All right, next question. Uh, What's the top of your bucket list? Like, what's the the thing that uh, you got to get done? Scuba dive. Hmm. I mean, not scuba dive, but like, well, yeah, scuba dive. Yeah, scuba dive. Not snorkeling. Scuba dive. Yeah. I'm definitely fearful of going underwater. You know what I'm saying? Like, breathing. I, I can't do it. I hyperventilate. You know, when I try to do the snorkeling, I can't do it. I feel you know, that. it's just that. <laughs> you know, it's one of those type of breaths. Yep. I can't do it. I can't do it. So hopefully one of these days before I die, scuba dive. And, and is this just going to be like in a pool or do you want to be like, like Hawaii or the Bahamas or somewhere like? I would love, I would love for it to be somewhere exotic. That would be freaking fantastic. But I'll stop in the pool. I don't care. <laughs> if I can knock it on my bucket list in the pool, that guy, if it's in a bathtub, I don't care. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Love it. Awesome. Last quick fire yeah, question. Uh, who do you admire most? Oh, wow. Um, who do I admire most? I would have to say Ben Shapiro because hmm. I, I I look at him and I want to be as quick as him. I want to be as uh, informed and intelligent as him. I look at him. I'm just like, this guy is unbelievable. His, his, uh, he's so quick. He's so in, uh, uh, just, he's undefeated. 
he's undefeated. Now I want to be, I would definitely, I look at him like that's, that's the guy. That's the guy. So that's what it is for me. Ben Shapiro, definitely. I know Chandler's a big that's Ben a Shapiro, <laughs> big Shapiro fan. So I love him too. Oh yeah. He I, is. <laughs> you listen to this show every day. It's great. It's, same here. You know what I'm saying? Hands down. Yep, I know, and so he's got yeah, his new definitely. book out too, "The Three Ways to Destroy America." I know he's been doing this autograph copies. I, my, one of my buddies just bought a book, so uh, shout out Sean. I know he's <laughs> big fan. He's like, "Yeah, I'm all, I can't wait for it to come in." So, doing big things, mm. big things, mm-hmm. big so, time. Yep. So, Stephen, so we're gonna get into the closing part of it. So, uh, so California, Lucerne. Um, we're from Fresno um, and and Hanford, and so we're up north a little bit. Um, and we've seen the policies of Gavin Newsom in the state. You were at the Open California uh, rally. I saw that. Um, what are your thoughts on Gavin Newsom? There's this big movement to recall Gavin Newsom. I don't know what your thoughts are on our governor and the draconian lockdowns that we've seen since this began. Yeah, Gavin Newsom. Nuisance. Yeah, you got to call him what he is. Yeah, Gavin. Yeah, he's, he's, he's really, um, I mean, I remember the first lockdown, and I was very, very upset with that. I mean, it's, it's a situation which, you know, the data was out, even at that time, the data was out, and uh, we encroaching on our, on our civil liberties, and it's just un, it's unfortunate. And then here we go with round two. I mean, here we, here we are in a situation, we got a lockdown. Like, what the 4th of July? We had to lock down. We couldn't. They, they wanted us to stay inside. Don't do. Don't celebrate Independence Day, which is kind of weird. Don't celebrate. Stay inside on Independence Day. Are you kidding me right now? Mm. So here we are. We're told to you know to not celebrate Independence Day, but yet so he has his winery open. You know what I'm saying? So wait, wait a minute. The hypocrisy. Wait a minute. <laughs> At its finest, mm. hypocrisy at its finest. So definitely, I do not support these lockdowns, especially when the data is definitely conflicting. We have there's a lot of conflicting data with the antibody tests and all these false positives, and, and when it comes to people uh, uh, going to take the test and then they end up leaving before they take the test, and then the test is just counted as positive. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, just there's so much conflicting data. Uh, um, and you see these people that are telling you to wear the mask. They're not wearing the mask properly. They're not wearing it at all sometimes. You know, when the cameras go off, they take the mask down. The cameras go on, they put the mask up. It's just ridiculous what's going on. It's absolutely ridiculous. I cannot stand it. People need to be able to live their lives. People need to be able to enjoy their freedoms. People need to be able to have their businesses open so they can make money to support their families. They're being told that they're not essential. You're essential. You're not essential. It's un believable and it's ridiculous i'm so sick of it and it all starts with freaking well for us in cali yep. it all starts it all it all comes down to boils down to this yep and there's trump supporters here in california i think we always overlook that i know a lot of la and san francisco drives our policy here in the state um and we've seen like i said the recall newsom movement so what we saw with gray davis um in the early 2000s with arnold schwarzenegger coming in I'd have to ask, I don't know if you have any any objectives of going into public office at all, but it, would you ever consider, say if Newsom were to be recalled, would you would you mm-hmm. run for governor in the March 3rd primary, I think, Ooh. or not primary, but uh, there'd be a state uh, runoff 
if he were to get recalled mm-hmm. in November. Right. Um, you know what? I, I, I have had no desire to get into public office until as of recent. Um, at this point, I would be willing to jump in, but at a lower level to get my feet wet, to understand the dynamics of it, you know, and to see if this is really something that is meant for me, if this is something really I'm supposed to be uh, pursuing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a lot, there's a lot of mudslinging when it comes to politics and you got to keep your cool. You got to be cool, calm and collected yep. when it comes to a lot of these situations. Like I, I, I see what happens to Candace Owens. She's not even in politics, but I mean, that's not into public office, yep. but she, I mean, they attack this woman viciously. So, um, I, I've definitely considered it. I definitely want to eventually get into something, uh, on, on the, on the, uh, become some type of civil servant, you know what I'm saying, of that nature, whether city council or, or things of that nature, and, uh, um, see what I can do. I just want to effectuate some type of positive change. I love it. That's been my, that's yeah. been my goal. Yep, same here. So then as, as a mostly hypothetical follow-up then, mm-hmm. if you were elected as governor of California, yes. mm-hmm. what are, and you can only accomplish three things, what are the three big things that you would get done in California? Uh, in California specifically, I would say immigration, uh, uh, tightening up the border security. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it may not be popular, but uh, uh, decreasing the top of welfare uh, situation going on, anything I can decrease it. That's just, it enables dependency, and uh, I don't think that's very uh, uh, beneficial to, especially the black community. Um, and I would definitely have to say as the last one, um, I don't know. I don't know what the last thing, that last pillar would be. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna have to think on that one. But yeah, I know yeah. that definitely the first two would be that, uh, would be those two. I mean, I, I probably the third one something to help the black community with the, uh, uh, you know, taking more responsibility, uh, creating more programs for the city, inner city youth, and, uh, you know, uh, probably, you know, increasing policing uh, situations like that. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I know. We just got to, you never know. One of these days you might be running. Stephen Davis for governor, 2021. (laughs) There's a ring to that. (laughs) There's a bit of a ring to that. There is. Oh, it's got a good sound to it. You would have my I embedded it. (laughs) Hey, 2024 president, so... 36 there's a lot of <laughs> i know you said you want to get your feet wet but i hey we're just throwing it out there so, yeah that's diving straight in right there that's... <laughs> <laughs> so um and then just to close out uh what advice you would give to uh young conservatives um that are um that are going to school and receiving backlash for believing what they believe and being able to voice their opinion the attack on free speech as you've seen it and then anything else you want to promote um outward um anything and the floor is open to you for the the final few minutes oh well, i appreciate it well my advice is is it's always to be strong right us as trump supporters we are like lions right we are we have there's a lot of strength within us and i know the left is going to come at us vicious the attacks are always vicious the racism that they uh impute is, is racism they try to say that we're the racist, we're the vicious racist, we're this, we're that. They disparage us at every turn in that from every angle. But I would definitely say, uh, definitely for the younger generation to stand strong, 
It doesn't matter what they throw at you because you know yourself, first and foremost. You uh, have to exude that strength, especially when it comes to those who are watching. You know, there's a certain amount of strength that us Trump supporters have that we need to get the others to understand and, and relate to so that they can then become strong themselves. So I would definitely say, say be strong, be stand up, stand out, stand united, and let your voice be heard. Be that leader that the world needs and that our, our country needs. Definitely. Amen. Amen. Yeah, thanks for that. Love it. Yeah, it's some, I think I think we need to have that. I need. I know it's a it's a tough time right now to be able to stand for truth, and we need people that are going to be fighting. And as Charlie Kirk says, if you're not fighting, be supporting the fighters, supporting you out there, just going out. And I think we all got to come together as conservatives. A, a common theme with the Republican Party is nobody wants to get up and fight, and we're losing our country each and every day if we continue to let the left rule the the narrative and. And if they say it enough times, it becomes truth. So it's up to us to be able to go out and decipher the yeah. truth. Um, so, yeah, make sure to give a shout-out to Real Maga Hulk on Instagram. Get the plug out for Instagram. Go follow. Um, I don't know if you're going to be at the Turning Point. Uh, I know they're having a chapter summit uh, in about a week and a half. I don't know if you're going to that at all. Um, if Charlie sent an no, invite. Uh, <laughs> I won't be able to make it. I'm, I'm here working, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so exactly. I got to. Yeah. So as a tradition on this show, we kind of do something similar to Prager. We kind of go, until next time, this is a Matt and Chan show. It'd be an honor. I know Chandler usually does it, but I'm going to give you the honor of closing. All right, y'all. It's been a pleasure. Until next time, this is Stephen Davis with uh, uh, Matt and Chan show, baby. Yes, indeed.